Now, many of you uh, would be familiar with uh, the fact that uh, more than 600 uh, uh, immigrants were arrested after being unable to produce documentation proving that they were in the country legally uh, earlier on uh, uh, this uh, month. Or, and uh, the allegations were that uh, they were being unfairly treated in uh, custody. And this sparked the protest earlier on today. And uh, uh, as you can hear, some of the, uh, of course, audio coming from that uh, particular protest. Uh, this is on the back of uh, JMPD and the South African uh, Police Service raids in the inner city of Johannesburg. And uh, alongside that, of course, uh, I must say I was in Nigeria a few weeks ago in Abuja. And when uh, the issue in Hillbrow happened, uh, I certainly saw that on my phone in Abuja. And uh, one, one of the big things that uh, you know when you meet people in Nigeria and you say you're from South Africa first thing is yes our brother and uh, you know they love us and of course Mandela uh, as you can imagine and uh, the contribution of the Nigerian people to our liberation struggle and many people will tell you yeah when I was at school this 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 and then of course the conversation gets to uh, why are you killing our brothers and sisters there in South Africa and I guess there's that difficulty which has spurred on many students in Nigeria uh, to uh, rally behind the demand that South African companies like MTN, MultiChoice, etc. should leave the West African country. And uh, I guess uh, we've got two sides of the same coin here with uh, many, much of the sentiment here in South Africa uh, suggesting that um, there should be an extensive uh, political program to uh, rid the country of uh, uh, illegal or undocumented migrants, I should say. And uh, of course... Uh, in uh, uh, places like Nigeria, a sense and a sentiment that it's only, uh, as as you would have heard in that clip, it's only black Africans that are being targeted here. And yet uh, we profess to be a rainbow nation and uh, they are correct. I mean, I seldom hear of anyone from Eastern Europe or even uh, some of the migrants who uh, came to our country uh, many, many, many years ago. And uh, in successive uh, I guess waves. Uh, and much of all of those, of course, of a lighter hue and uh, who are much uh, whiter, and including, of course, that lady in Hong Kong who was saying, uh, you know, well, this is not the kind of Hong Kong she wants. This is why she left South Africa. Um, uh, one would think that n- that kind of action and pressure would never be leveled against her uh, in Hong Kong, least of all here in South Africa. And we're asking ourselves this question this evening. I'm joined in studio by uh, a journalist here who uh, works for the Nigerians in South Africa portal. Uh, His name is uh, Adekunle Owolabi. And Adekunle, uh, good evening to you uh, and uh, welcome to Metro FM Talk this evening, man. Um, uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. please please bring the microphone closer, man. Yeah. Thanks, that, thanks, Adi. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm also joined uh, on the line by uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Fusumuzi Sbanda, who's the chairperson of uh, the African Diaspora Forum. Dr. Sabanda, good evening to you, and thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Good evening, and thank you very much, and uh, good evening to listeners and yourself, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, Dr. Sabanda, let me maybe start off with you, and I'll come back to Ade. Uh, just briefly, uh, many of our listeners would have heard the clip that we just played back, and uh, you were there uh, this uh, afternoon. Now, what transpired inside the courtroom today and even outside of it? Well, look, um, we had so much chaos uh, inside the courtroom because um, court only started, I mean, the first session only started around, um, you know, 11, and... Um, that was very, very unfortunate because it was because uh, the documents and everything had not been prepared, um, in, you know, in time. And uh, that's why court started so late. And even when it started, we did not have, you know, um, you know the court role. We did not have the list of people that were going into whatever court because uh, that had not been done properly. And court officials were very unhappy because of how unprepared, you know, home affairs was. 
you know, with the people that had uh, come to court. And um, it was just seen that, look, um, the, the, the reason why, you know, um, people came to court today was just to try and beat the 48-hour, you know, deadline that a person can be held without having to be released. And uh, I actually walked out of court slightly after 6 and uh, from court 7, where nationals from Nigeria, where nationals from Ethiopia, Bangladesh, you know, were actually, you know, uh, being heard. And uh, at that time, court number six, where Zimbabweans, Mozambicans, and I think uh, Zambians, you know, the court was still in, pro- in progress. Okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm quite interested, uh, as I bring you in here, Ade, when you look even, I guess, at the uh, division among many of these, uh, you know, uh, immigrants that, even in how their court processes unfold, uh, I get a sense from Dr. Sabanda here that there's even a regionalism there. I mean, uh, you bring the Mozambicans together with the Zambians and the Zimbabweans, and uh, many of those from the Horn of Africa go into their own session, and those uh, from West Africa do the same. Uh, is there an overwhelming impression, least of all in uh, the immigrant community from the country you come from in Nigeria here, that uh, one, there's an unfair treatment here, but also two, uh, there's a certain... You know, uh, it's only black people who are seen as uh, foreigners or amakwerekwere and the white people, you know, are seen as tourists and uh, maybe investors. I, I, th- I think from my from my opinion, um, um, the Nigerian community, they, they do feel victimized by the home affairs officials, mm. also by the police as well. And I think the cry that we that we get to hear from from the protests at, at the courts today, I also saw the clip, and we mm-hmm. had one of our journalists also there on the ground, yeah. and they shared the clips. And I think it is not enough. And the the the, the lack of preparation from the human affairs today in court, it just shows it just shows how how they how they feel about the whole situation. And and I think we need to take this really really seriously. And people have been held. Um, for this long and i don't think i, I i'm really i'm really always disappointed mm. and, and on the outcome today and but th- it's in a nutshell the community do feel sure uh victimized by omophers and 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 uh and as a police as well gentlemen i'd like us to pause there for a second i need to take a quick spot break but when we come back uh, i want us to continue with this conversation and maybe unpack uh, some of the key uh, issues here because it's it, it's in no way, I guess, a novel development. We've seen successive and multiple waves of this kind of a standoff uh, between uh, South African locals and many of the uh, uh, you know, African brothers. And uh, I guess uh, we also need to understand the psyche on either side and uh, some of the debates that are happening in Nigeria as well. And uh, I'll continue my conversation with Dr. Vosumzi and Ade on the other side of this brief break. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. I know South Africans uh, certainly have uh, very strong views on this one. You might also uh, be uh, an uh, African from outside of uh, South Africa. Please feel free to weigh in on our conversation because, as we often say on this particular platform, uh, all the way from Kuruman to Kumasi, that's what we're about. We want to hear your perspectives. Do let us know. Uh, Let's take this brief break, and on the other side, we continue. 18 minutes it is before 9 p.m., and uh, we are taking a look at uh, some of the developments that have uh, uh, enveloped the inner city of Johannesburg and, of course, uh, the uh, treatment of uh, African migrants uh, in the inner city. I'm joined by uh, Dr. Vusmuzi Sibanda. Uh, he's from the African Diaspora Forum and also joined in studio by uh, journalist uh, Adekunle Owolabi, uh, who also uh, works on the uh, portal Nigerians in South Africa. Now, Ade, I want us maybe to start off here because I think on either side, there's a lot of misconceptions that feed and inform uh, I guess uh, many of these viewpoints, and uh, we heard many people uh, earlier on today speaking and saying, "Ah, there's you know counterfeit goods. Yeah, this is a ruse." Um, and you were saying to us off here now that uh, even in Nigeria, 
Uh, there's often misinformation about, uh, you know, uh, who owns what, and you're making the case of uh, one of the malls there. Uh, many people think it's owned owned by a Nigerian politician, and yet it's owned by a South African investment bank uh, or, or merchant bank in the form of RMB. Yeah. 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 I think um, I think the whole situation that we're having right now with uh, with the protest from the National Association of uh, Nigerian uh, Denians in Nigeria, mm. and I think in Nigeria they they do believe that that South Africans are actually going about looking for a Nigerian to kill, looking for a Nigerian to harm, or something like that. But but they, but that is not the case. We've not had a like a police report to back that up. And mm. and I think they're just speculative reporting here and there. Um, last week, a Nigerian was killed who was a Uber driver ar- uh, around Rosettenville. Mm. And, and and when we look at that situation, for an example, and it could have been anyone, and, and, and that was someone in the wrong place and the wrong time. Mm. And the police are busy investigating that, for an example. And and we've been in touch with the guys in Nigeria, and we I do think the, the NANS the calls for South African business to leave Nigeria, I think they're overreacting, mm. and we have Nigerians that are that are living here peacefully, that are even working for South African government, South African institution, and so there, there's no rule that says Nigerians are not wanted in South Africa, and 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 I think and I I also read the. Uh, President Ramaphosa and uh, Buhari will be meeting in October, mm. and um, I'm hoping they can really, really get to the root of these issues. And and I, and I also feel like um, there's been lack of credible journalism in Nigeria mm. as well, because um, the reporting that we read in Nigerian blogs and Nigerian newspapers, even reputable newspapers in Nigeria, everyone just copy and paste and what they see on social media. And and I think they've been. Uh, some sort of misguided reporting, and and that sh- needs to be addressed. And and I think I think also in South Africa as well. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong though. Mm. There there's still police, homophobes, people going around mm. uh, like go to Hillbrow, Joburg, sure. CBD to to harass people for some bribery yes. and all of that. And I think the showdown that that, that we had in, in Joburg, CBD, mm. the raid, was a reaction from the people. Mm. There have been allegations that police do come to them sure. to, to get money every now and then. And I think they felt like they're taking their livelihood mm. from them and they had to defend that with everything that they had. Adia, what, what would you say about um, all manner of, I guess, impropriety and issues of illegality in the inner city. I mean, many South Africans will say there are parts of the inner city in Hillbrow, in Berea, where, you know, it's known as Lagos, where, where South Africans feel they can't go in. There are parts of the city that, uh, you know, are effectively, I guess, you know, informal zones uh, where there's all manner of counterfeit goods. We also found, you know, high-caliber weapons there from Israel, weapons that not even the South African National Defense Force can bring into the country without uh, security clearance. So so from that perspective, I mean, one would think that, uh, you know, as a Nigerian community, you would also want to engage some of those things. What, what would you say to that? Um, like, um, I would... I would my comment would be like if you would look at uh, there's this word that has been thrown around often undocumented uh, migrants yes. or my undocumented uh, foreign nationals and and I think that word a lot of people do not understand what this means mm. and I've read a lot of feedback uh, few views on social media and and even journalists uh, use that word in 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 their in their in their, in their journals all the time and I think people come to South Africa legally not that they pass through the border illegally. Mm. They come to South Africa legally, but the system makes them stateless. Mm. 
So when you have someone who comes through with a visa mm. and then it's time for them to renew their visa and all of a sudden Omar Fez does not renew the visa for whatever reasons mm. and that makes them stateless. And they're here. They're stuck. They can't do anything. And 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 that's so. They, this thing about undocumented. I think Omar Fez, the excuses have always been backlogs. And I know mm. sometimes there have been allegations that people who stay in South Africa use uh, illegal documents to apply for residency and all sort of things. Mm. But I am just saying that we need to understand the fact that undocumented migrants does not necessarily mean they cross the border legally. They were here legally, and the system, the state, sure. made them stateless. Dr. Sabanda, let me bring you in here. Um, and uh, I guess a lot of what uh, Ade is speaking about is uh, a failure of state processes to even when people are incentivized to do things the legal way, to, to effectively, I guess, incentivize them or give them a disincentive to do uh, things the formal and legal way. And uh, by so doing effectively, uh, criminalize their existence here in the continent of Africa, where uh, I guess certainly many of us would suggest they shouldn't be foreigners in the first place. Look, I think um, the, the, I want to concur, you know, a lot with what I mean, um, they just said, you know, in the sense that um, when you look at, for example, and I want to correct also, I think what you, you said when we started, when you said people were arrested and because they could not produce, you know, documentation. I, I, over the weekend, I think we had over um, 200 or so people that were released, you know, from the police because they were arrested with documents. And what basically happened is that, you know, they were arrested. They were not, um, when they showed their documents, they were told that, you know what, uh, that's not important. They're going to be verified, you know, um, when they get to the police station. And uh, on that, we know that the law is very clear to say that, you know, a person can only be taken for verification if there are reasonable grounds to doubt, you know, uh, the authenticity of the documents of who they claim that they are. But that was not basically the case. And that is where basically we've got these big issues where we are saying, I think that what is basically happening right now is, you know, a xenophobic is coming from the government. And I want to clarify the fact that, you know, we've got a lot of South Africans, even in court today, who are very sympathetic, who does not understand what is happening. We had continuous battles between, you know, uh, I mean, uh, court officials, you know, and home affairs to say, guys, I mean, if you are not prepared, you know, to do your raid and all this thing, please don't do it because you cannot handle this because you don't have the right paperwork. You know, everything has not been done appropriately. And we also have got passports and permits and TAPs that were torn by the police and some actually got lost in the police cells. Right now we've got people that went into, you know, the police station with documents, but they no longer have them. And then the big question is basically that what exactly is leading us to this kind of a situation? It's a situation where, for example, you know, we think that, you know, the government needs to come out very clean, you know, and say, okay, you know, we are not maybe, you know, we, when we talk about, you know, one Africa, we talk about pan-Africanism, you know, what exactly it is that we're talking about, because when we treat Africans the way Africans are treated, because we've never had raids raid taking place in Chinatown or in communities where, where, where basically either, you know, uh, Indian communities or Chinese in, I mean, uh, communities or Italian communities basically leave. But the only people that get asked for a document on the streets are Africans. And this is the reason why we say this is Afrophobic and it is very unacceptable because it's a pure hatred, you know, of other, you know, Africans by other Africans. And it does not happen in other communities. So this needs to be addressed. And, you know, we have got a, a majority black government. Mm. And, you know, we, we, we had uh, during last year's campaign that yeah. the very same majority, you know, African brothers and, and leaders were the ones that were, you know, very vociferous mm. on issues of uh, migration. Dr. Sabanda, you, you make a very yeah. important point. 
uh, that we don't see the same kinds of raids in Chinatown, even though there is suspicion that the same kind of counterfeit goods can also be found there. Nor do we have the same kinds of raids, I would argue, in places like Bedford View, where, you know, the existence of... uh, you know, I guess the criminal networks in uh, the uh, largely Eastern European community would also mean we, uh, that uh, in many instances you found the same kind of high caliber weapons uh, that we found, for instance, in the inner city. But all of that doesn't excuse the, the fact that there is all manner of uh, issues of illegality that have been found there. Uh, and I want us maybe to come f- to the security concerns that even if you found uh, the same kind of weapons in Dar es Salaam held by South Africans or even uh, in, uh, you know, Potakut uh, in Nigeria found Uh, on maybe Ghanaians, uh, the same kind of state response would emerge. Uh, That's what many people are suggesting, that yes, we do admit that there's uh, all manner of, you know, failures of our own state processes, which uh, deem then people, uh, you know, uh, to to be intimidated and placed under all manner of challenges. But how do we then, in how we have the conversation, also address uh, the criminal element, which uh, is also prevalent in the debate? Well, look, I think uh, one of the issues that we need to clarify when we talk about weapons in particular Mm. is that we do not we did not have any weapons that belong to migrants you know or individuals that were found in the inner city the weapons that were found on the 12th floor of the medical center building belong to a registered south african you know security company that is owned by a south african national mm-hmm. and it is this particular mischief that bothers me a lot because okay. in my mind i am so sure that the reason why it was reported and said the way it was it was because it is known that people would catch you know the first phrase and the first mm-hmm. report and they will miss everything else that comes after I need to state categorically and very, very clearly and, and emphatically that the guns, ammunition that was found, you know, during that particular raid belong to a South African registered security company registered with CIRA, mm. which is a, a legal company, sure. and it is owned by a South African citizen. So there were no weapons that were found, mm. you know, in the possession of migrants. Now, however, when we talk about the illegality in terms of, for example, counterfeit goods, what we have said and we keep saying is that, look... Or contraband or narcotics or anything like that, yeah? Please go ahead. Yes, yes. Mm. We are saying that we want, um, you know, uh, the police to do their raids, but those raids must be done within the confines of the law, which means, one, you know, the police, for example, look at the raid that we had. The police prepared for that raid. Mm. They might as well have gotten the relevant warrant, search warrants to do that, but for one reason or the other, they decided not to do it because they, they, we have been asking them to come and search with warrants. They broke shops, shops of people that are not only, you know, um, that don't sell, you know, even counterfeit goods, but all shops were broken open into. And it does not matter that, how much of those goods were found, but it matters that if we had one person who is operating legally, that person sure. must not be subjected to that kind okay. of ill treatment because there are communities or there are other people that are, are doing wrong things. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that point, uh, Dr. Zbanda, and uh, for the clarity, of course, on some of those high-caliber Israeli weapons that were found there. And I guess it uh, lends credence to what Adia was saying. There's all manner of broken telephones here and uh, all manner of uh, uh, speculation and sensation that has characterized the media coverage of this issue. I've got two callers on the line uh, who I want to qu- take a briefly here, and I'll give you an opportunity to uh, respond uh, on the other side. Adair. Anonymous, good evening to you. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Anonymous. How are you? I'm also fine. Please go ahead. Yes, man. Uh, I have uh, a bit of a problem. Uh, it's not that I hate foreigners. I don't. We love foreigners very much. But they seem to be the one who hates us. You know, yeah, like, you know, um, I, I, I don't want to say much, but mm. we feel intimidated in our country. Because, like, you can't be, you, you, you don't feel safe enough uh, with your bank account. 
because uh, like some of the foreigners, they crack into our, our system, they, they're taking money to our accounts, uh, they're robbing our sisters, making them to resign at work, uh, taking all their pension money, we've seen it to, their, to, to our sisters, to our brothers, to, to, to most of South Africans. You know, I've seen uh, some of the foreigners approaching like uh, some of the people who are driving, especially sisters who are driving like fancy cars approaching. Mm. They were sitting, driving a, a golf ball, sitting, uh, watching everyone who were actually coming, approaching them, taking their numbers because they want to date them. They're targeting those people who wrong, drive cars. What's wrong with that, Anonymous? I mean, uh, now we are pleading. What's wrong with, you know, going and uh, asking for a lady's number if indeed you have an interest and uh, speaking to her? And, and hoping that you would date her. I mean, is, is one's nationality probably a deterrent? Uh, or should it, should it be a deterrent? Is that what you argue? It's not a problem asking the number to a person. Yeah. But I've noticed they were sitting like for like three hours. I was watching them. Okay. The car was there for three hours. They, they were taking numbers. They were, they were waiting for, for women to come in. Uh, they were actually okay. at the mall. Sure. When okay. Anonymous, uh, we'll have to uh, leave it there. there. Uh, Lebuchan, good evening to you. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine, Chief. How's it? I'd really like to concur with your guest there when they say there are a lot of uh, Nigerians who come here legally. A mm. lot of those people come here illegally so. And one thing that I want to comment on, when you won't do the very same things they do in West Africa, you'll never do that, mm. you know, mm. especially they really protect their country. But they come here and they expect to rule. I mean, look at Tilbrook. Look at Yeovil. I mean, it's 80% of those people there. We, you can't walk at night at that place. What are you, and you won't do that in West Africa. We are being disrespected in our country, unfortunately so. Okay. Lebuchang, we'll have to leave it there. Ade, you must have heard uh, uh, that sentiment multiple times. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, uh, I mean, a lot of people saying you, you're not going to go and do the same kind of thing in Victoria Island and Lagos uh, that uh, many Nigerian nationals do here in South Africa, be it from a trade perspective or even the retail of narcotics and all manner of other things. And I guess uh, stamping the authority, as uh, Lebo Khang is uh, indicating in, in the case of Yovo. What, what would your response be to that? And uh, I guess also to Anonymous's question earlier on about uh, seemingly having an impression that you know, Nigerian men are targeting uh, some of the more affluent South African sisters. Uh, well, you know, I think um, most of the time, everyone feels like they're entitled to, to their opinion, and everyone have a right to to for freedom mm. of speech. Sure. But but I would say you, you surely do have a uh, a right to an informed opinion, and you do not have a right to be ignorant. And mm. and 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 I'm not being disrespectful in a way, but I, I think the you know the thing about um heel, this heel bro of of a thing in that people it's like a beast of its own, and and. For me, when I think South Africans need to understand the context or what is Johannesburg to them. Johannesburg is a cosmopolitan city. It's mm. likened to be London, uh, Amsterdam, Rome, mm. New York. And this is a place where you find everyone from every around the, around the globe, across everywhere. Mm. And, and mind you, um, I, I, can say, I can tell you, um, I do not encourage Nigerians doing illegal activities, sure. of course. And, but we cannot control what other people do you know and i do not like to i would not want to justify by saying we have great nigerians we have great all of that mm. but 
I do not think with with uh, with uh, what anonymous, anonymous said. I do not think there's anything wrong with guys going around in the mall trying to find someone to date. I do not see anything wrong in that. And 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 I, with you, bro. I, I mean, the the, the CBD. Uh, there's a lot of illegal activities there, mm. and we've got a police station in here, bro. If they feel there's something r- going wrong there, they have every right to get a warrant and go there and do their raids and arrest whoever they need to arrest. And I do, I do not think it's their the, their opinion is 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 it valid. I, I don't think it's fair, you know, to to bring such things and get a migrant. And I do not want African people to be called foreigners. It's actually mm. disrespectful. Because we just separated by borders. This is still in the continent, and they should stop calling uh, migrant foreigners. And we defend with our lives borders that we didn't even draw ousselves, but yeah. that's a story for another day. Dr. Fusum Zisbanda, unfortunately, we have run out of time. We'll have to leave it there. Uh, that uh, is the chairperson of the uh, Africa Diaspora Forum, and also joined here in studio by uh, Adekunle Owolabi, uh, a journalist and uh, also working on the uh, Nigerians in South Africa portal, also giving us a sense and uh, flavor of what is happening in the media cycle all the way out in the West African nation of uh, Nigeria. Yes, the Federal Republic of Nigeria. 9 p.m. is the time. We're going to have to leave it there on Metro FM Talk this evening. I'm back with you again at the same time. Uh, tomorrow I leave you with the man with the music, uh, Sentle has nine to midnight for you. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Aska Kribi, Okoye Banga, Lee Konobi. Wow, that was very good. <laughs>